Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. back it's time for the 2024 urban nerd con join us in atlanta georgia april 26th through the 28th at the Cortland grand hotel special guests include underworld creator kevin grievous gary gray from barely odd parents from nickelodeon giovanni samuels the science machine michael green the sci-fi sisters and from Spaceballs and star trek voyager tim russ Hi, I'm Tim Russ. Join me April 26th through the 28th at the Cortland Grand Hotel in Atlanta, Georgia for the Urban Nerd Con. Our heroes, our villains, our stories, everyone con. I'll see you there. Live long and prosper. Visit theurbannerdcon.net to get your buy one, get one free badges before the price increases. Remember, our heroes, our villains, our stories, everyone's con. See you there. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HCCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, keep tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Yeah. Talkin they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah. and who the ball, ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir, yes, and pay attention, boy. cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Cavill with Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. With Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike is still on assignment. I believe that's what he told me, uh, but we're still looking for him. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. With that being said, Charles, how are you doing today? Uh, doing well, Doc. Doing well. A lot of interesting stuff happened this past weekend. We had a lot of sports going on. <laughs> Can't wait to dig into it. <laughs> yeah, we can go in many directions, and we might do some stuff on the fly script, as they say, because – it's just so much. I'm not sure if we could all script it all in. But with that being said, let me get the 
prop on open. Welcome to episode 488 of Inside the HBC Sports Lab radio show and podcast. The show that's covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBC sports. For institutions large and small, from the NEIA to the NCA, we share insights and information on the HBC sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs and the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, along with my co-host, Charles Bishop. We're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live to KCOH 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer, multi-Hall of Famer, that is Ralph Cooper in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Episode 488, Charles. Man, mm. 12 episodes away from 500 episodes and me taking a retirement break. <laughs> <laughs> retirement the game, as they say. Yeah, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Retirement, man. I'm sure know. that feels good. I'm sure that feels good. Yeah, you know a little bit of something about retirement. <laughs> Kick, your feet, up. Up. Kick your feet up and just, you know. Well, I want to do this for a little bit. Okay. I want to do that for a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Then sometimes, like people like yourself, like to go back and haze themselves. Say, "Hey, I'm gonna go back and get my doctorate." What the hell? Did did I ever? Did I ever go back and haze myself? <laughs> I don't know what made me want to go through the pledge process all over again. But yeah, yeah, you show sure right. I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, I must admit, it, it is exactly what it is. With that being said, how's it going? Doing well, doing well, doing well. I see we got a couple of people done dropped in on Stephen Gaithin. I'm sure he was taking a look at whatever was going on CIAA-wise this weekend. But, uh, yeah, we got a whole lot of directions to go in. So uh, we had a lot of good HBC sports this past weekend. We need to ask Stephen what's going on in the CIAA, especially on the men's side. I know the women yeah. is fascinating and everybody's looking for that collision course in the CIAA tournament. But, yeah. Can he like give us any hints on the odds for the men's side for the CIAA? You know, yeah, where pull to up a chair. Make a poker chip. Pull up a chair, Steve. I'm, I'm curious to hear this. Yes. <laughs> Today's episode of Inside the HBC Sports Lab is sponsored by THG Agency LLC. THG Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. Before I go to you, I want to share a little bit of this. Langston University on the men's side has clinched. The title, but they eyed the number one spot for postseason. Great interview this past weekend on Sunday as Brian and AD's show. Brian did the interview uh, with Coach, um, talking to the Langston coach, uh, which was fascinating, his story. And, uh, man, he got a little soft spot in there. He was able to get the coach to kind of get touched and get emotional in, in terms of what was going on there. So if you hadn't seen that interview, go check that out uh, from Sunday. Uh, doing sports rap, really good show. But, I mean, it's pretty early to be clinching. You know, what does that tell you about Lace? Well, what does that tell you about Brian pulling on the old heartstrings over there? I, okay. <laughs> I see you with the interview. All right. Nice. Yeah, he got it done. I was like, oh, Brian. Brian even had me had to kind of, you know how you magically wipe your eye like ain't nothing going on. You just, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> get, get right, get right. <laughs> but I was like, wow, that's and the coach yeah. had to dip down for a minute. Oh, right. he got it. He got him on that one. He got that's it. All right. he got playing, some, playing some tremendous ball over there. And like you said, that says a lot that they've uh, already locked up uh, that postseason 
uh, action there for them. So. Uh, speaking of that, Jackson State, uh, are they like two games away from clinching at least a share of the title? Uh, number one seed outright since they got the head-to-head victory. Yeah. I don't think they're like two games away, so they're not too far behind. The challenging yeah. thing, interesting, is they only have a you know they have their robbery matchup, so they're gonna have to wait two weeks because they don't play your traditionally two games, unless Grambling with their robbery matchup, unless it goes down, then obviously. A win and a loss by Grambling would put them in a position where they clinch. But they need two games to clinch. Um, so it'll be interesting to follow. They're not far away from clinching themselves, talking about um, that side of it. We'll get the poll ranking let you know what has changed. But in talking about the, the MEAC, nobody's clinching in that uh, mm-hmm. for sure. As uh, things are uh, really interesting on the women's side, men's side, a little more room for Norfolk State after a big win. North Carolina Central. Close yeah. on the road. He said they had a chance to make a statement. They certainly made a statement. Probably not the one they want as they took two losses. Again, we'll go and see how that affects them in the poll ranking. Uh, but tough weekend. Close games makes it even more unnerving that they were right there in both of those contests and couldn't pull it out. It's how South Carolina State makes a statement, though. I think that's interesting they was get into it. But we'll get a chance to take a little deeper dive, but I wanted to kind of touch on those things because uh, they was intriguing to me. Big win by Clark Atlanta or Morehouse. Shout out to Clark Atlanta getting the rivalry at, at AUC, getting that done. That means they go 2-0 and against Morehouse. Wow. More importantly, yeah. sit at the top of the East with that big win, which both of them came in with the same record. So statement. Now, on the other side, it's interesting, and we'll get maybe more in this on Thursday. Yeah, Miles, they beat up Clark Atlanta. When everybody was focused on the East, we did tell everybody to watch out for that game. Uh, but Miles said, hold on. Oh, I West might be on the East having a little bit of fun, but uh, look out for us. Yeah, yes, indeed. Good stuff. Then, let me shift it to you and see what's on your mind in terms of some of the news of the week. Championships. Yeah, well, let's, take, let's take a look at uh, championships. You had the uh, – the uh, SWAC Women's Indoor uh, Championship, Men's Indoor Championship. Uh, but FAMU, uh, they claim a SWAC Women's Indoor Track and Field Championship. Uh, the FAMU Track and Field Program uh, will return from the 2024 SWAC Women's Indoor Track and Field Championship with 15 medals and the Women's Championship title. The success uh, marks the second championship under Garfield Ellenwood, uh, the Rattlers Director of Track and Field and Cross Country, who recently led the women's cross country team to the podium this past fall. So in the women's standings, nine points separated number one and number two teams, Florida AM, recorded 122 to defeat the reigning champions, Alabama State, as the Lady Hornets finished in second place with 113 points. On the men's side, it was the Texas Southern Tigers. They claimed the men's indoor track and field championship. Uh, Texas Southern claimed the 2024 men's indoor track and field title on this past Sunday at the Birmingham Crossplex. Winning in spectacular fashion, the Tigers amassed 141 total points at the event behind the strong field performances on day one of the event and impressive individual team performances on day two. Prairie View finished uh, second at 85.5 points, and UAPB uh, rounded out uh, at third at 78 points, finished in second and third place, respectively. So, uh, Kudos go out to FAMU's women and Texas Southern men for bringing home the women's indoor title and the men's indoor title. Yeah, good stuff on both of those. Shout out to Coach Duncan, a colleague of ours. Living uh, legend. Yeah. Both old school wise. He coaches and teaches 
uh, in there. And uh, intriguing enough, it's not like he teaches a track class. He teaches a swimming class. I wonder how many people realize that. I, I realize it because I got a bunch of kids coming late from swimming to get into my class. So I, 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 I get your pass. I know you're trying to get ready to get back over here. So right, I'm glad. I'm glad that you're giving folks a little heart tug. I see yeah. you at the basketball game charging student up. I like oh, I'm getting a little bit into this first time. Oh man. It's it's funny. I don't see him in class, and all of a sudden I see him at the basketball game, and I just wave. So, <laughs> wow, yeah. he's getting it in. I see. Yes, indeed. Um, so fascinating when you just talk about um those looks uh, championships, fam. You also must say I didn't think it would be long before fam. You on the track side would get into the winner's circle. Um, just all that talent in Florida, you wouldn't think it would take much. Uh, to do it, and they do it on the women's side. So shout out to FAMU. Uh, they're starting to get their skids a little bit. You hear a lot of championships here and there every once in a while. Uh, and so first two years, they kind of took the haze and licks. They're like, all right, they're they, they kicking the shoes up and getting a little comfortable in this house, it looks like. Hmm. <laughs> that's, that's one fan base. You don't want to get started. They get them championships up. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's I, my fan I base. All day long. You don't want to activate that fan base. <laughs> Sports marketing activation. I like the word. Yes, I like the word. Before I turn it back on to you to give some other news today that you want to share, I have to say kudos to the Legacy Bowl. One, we have a group of students that were going over there that's going to work from Texas Southern University. They got a grant scholarship that's going to take a bus of students. They're going to stay a day and go to the job fair. Then they're going to get to attend the game. Some of them will be working down there. So fascinating to see sport management students for Texas Southern University when they get to get into some of the live action. And they're doing it in style as they'll be traveling by bus, uh, get a chance to see the city, eat the nice foods of New Orleans that everybody seems to like when they get down there. Uh, but they get to partake in the facilities. Besides that, the other thing I noticed is the model uh, uh, with uh, Davis Richards and uh, FAMU's quarterback. They were over there getting in, and they had the uniforms on, and they're dressed in those Mardi Gras colors. I was like, ooh, that's yeah. a nice little touch. They had cool. them down Bourbon yeah. Street taking all types of uh, pictures and videos. So uh, kudos in terms of what that looks like. So I thought that was sharp. I just wanted to kind of shout that out. Uh, with that being said, any additional news you wanted to share, Charles? Yeah, and then this comes to us from HBC Sports, Jared Hoffman. Uh, on the write-up, uh, and he talked about uh, players. Uh, we talked about the Legacy Bowl, some uh, players whose stock is rising down there at the HBCU Combine. Uh, he mentions Davies Richard, a quarterback for North Carolina Central, uh, who ran an impressive 4-5 down there, uh, as well as doing a really a great job with his performance and throwing drills. Uh, you also had Jarvin Howard running back from Alcorn, who ran a 4-4-6 down there. Uh, one of the many reasons he, he was a highlight among the running backs of the HBCU combine. Of course, Jarvin Howard, 5'10", 215 pounds from Alcorn. He also, he makes mention of Ladarius Owens, running back in Texas Owens, Texas Southern. Of course, we had a up-close look at Ladarius Owens here in Houston, uh, but he ran a 4'4", uh, 40 down there at the combine. R.J. Mobley from Winston-Salem State, uh, the wide receiver, 6'3", 210 pounds, ran a 4'4", uh, in the 40-yard dash. Uh, of course, Lubert Dinellis, 
defensive lineman from Benedict, 5'11", 280-pound uh, defensive lineman. He's also uh, doing a, a great job, uh, and he mentions in the article that he's down 30 pounds uh, while participating uh, in field drills uh, down there at the Combine. He also had Brandon Codrington, defensive back from North Carolina Central, uh, who ran a 4-5-7, solid number. Then defensive back from Jackson State, John Huggins. He didn't disappoint. He ran a 4-3-9 in the 40, uh, showcasing uh, his coverage skills. Of course, uh, he was known as a hitter in Jackson State secondary. He also uh, did a tremendous job this past season uh, playing a little bit more in coverage. So um, all five of these players are stock is rising down there at the HBC uh, Combine at the Lexington Bowl. It'll be fascinating to see how that comes out. That's already interesting. Sometimes life-changing opportunities in regards to the draft. We'll see what it means for some of our HBCU uh, fan favorites over there. So with that being said, let's take our first break. We'll turn it back on the other side. We'll get in the major division on the women's side to see what's going on in week seven of the poll ranking. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Kevers Voice time and time again. Conversational. Powerhouse, intelligent and sincere. That's the voice you need for your creative marketing process. K E A V E R S V O I C E dot com. Covers voice, covers voice, covers voice dot com. Always on, all the time. Nope. Nope. Want him? Ooh, I like him. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Quicker Picker Upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the Quicker Picker Upper. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah, and who the ball, ball. So listen to Professor Yesler, yes, and pay attention, because he gon' teach a lesson. Yes. 
This is Dr. Bill with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with week number seven. Dr. Cavill's HBC Major Division Women's Basketball Poll Rankings will be revealed now. No one dropped out of the poll this week, Charles. So same top five. You do have some changes throughout the poll. Also give you an update in terms of those receiving votes. Southern Jaguars had two big wins, but wasn't enough to jump in the poll rankings. Another one this weekend, though, I'm almost assuring you that they'll find a way in the top five which creates a classic matchup against Grambling on the women's side, same matchup on the men's side. Both of them are going to be important in terms of the conference standings, at least in terms of the ranking. I'm not sure much of what's going on in terms of what that looks like, but it'll be interesting to see. Well, as you see, Jaguars are sitting outside of the poll rankings at 11 and 13 and 9 and 4. Uh, they came to Texas and had a good run as they had the two wins, one over Prairie View, one over Texas Southern on Monday. So, Big weekends for them. Uh, behind them, a Howard that split. Big win, tough loss, 9-14, 6-3. Not seen on there, just so you know, Alabama A&M, just in the mix outside mm. of the top, trying to figure it out. They get two big wins that puts them right back in the mix in terms of seeing if they can find a way in the top four for the tournament. They sit at 12-13, 7-6. So did want to give them a little love outside of the top seven. With that, let's get into the top five and see where all the action is. At number five, you have Arkansas Pine Bluff Golden Lions. Uh, they got a win on Saturday, but then they turned around and got a loss as well. So they kind of reverting back to the up and down season they have. Uh, they are at 14 and 12, 9 and 4, 52 points. They did drop a slot, but not enough to drop out of the pole. But you see Southern is seeking to hunt them down. It'll be interesting to see any movement from this weekend, uh, as we said, very good matchup. We'll get a chance to talk more in detail about that and get your thoughts overall. With that being said, you have number four, dropping two spots. North Carolina A&T State Aggies, shockingly for some, dropped a tough matchup. They went 16-8, and 10-3. and three. They dropped that matchup on Friday, rebounded on Wednesday, uh, but they are in the mix there uh, with 54 points. Reeves ranked two. As we see, Mike has joined us in here, ready to get some of this action. At number three, yeah, the Grambling State Tigers are 16 and 8, 10 and 3, 62 points. Uh, Grambling rises all the way up two spots to number three, as they were number five last weekend, but they get two big weekends. This is the first time in some time, Charles, where you see the Louisiana team come into Texas, particularly since the change, obviously. Before that, they used to split. But um, they went seven and one. When you look at all the combined teams, the women went four and zero oh mm. against Texas two step this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grambling again was sixteen and eight overall, ten and three playing some really good basketball. Uh, first year coach has really got the Tigers running. I mean, I'm not sure if anybody thought they would do what they're doing under the first year. 62 points again, moving up two spots, bringing us to number two. We have Norfolk State Spartans, 19 and 5, 8 and 1. Uh, they're playing some really good basketball. Uh, things are looking well. They had that early conference loss to surprise everybody and quietly have rebounded. They're looking really good. And I think because of that early loss, uh, people kind of put Spartans out of their mind in regards to how good that basketball team. Well, yeah, I don't know much about that. They're back into action. They do have one first place vote to 73 points, and they move up a spot. But everybody right now, Shaq's are uh, chasing 
Jackson State, the Tigers, they sit at 18 and 6, uh, 13 and 0, are rolling. Charles reminds me every so often in terms of a score in a game where it gets close. Every time I go to look over there, Charles not to worry. I get to point back over there and say, see, told you. And they just run it off and run away with folks. Seven first place votes, 79 points. But I know Charles is just trying to be fair, trying to make sure he didn't get too excited. But Jackson State, they're they're rolling. They're playing some they're basketball uh, to their credit. They may not quite be the dominant team, which kind of gives you a pause here and there. But you know they have the heart of a champion. They have yeah. the experience, and they find a way to get things done. And they just don't lose uh, in conference play. So they're ranked number um, one. Uh, you have three of these teams, Jackson State, Norfolk State, two of my and, – and Norfolk State were in the top 25 in the mid-major poll rankings, to give you some indication. The talent level that's in the top five, and obviously Grambling is screaming, and they're right behind it. In Pine Bluff, although their record may not indicate it, we know the talent is on the team. Interesting to kind of see what that looks like. But that being said, uh, Charles, since you've been here and you know how to get here on time – I'm gonna let you start and give me your top five. <laughs> then we'll see if we can squeeze Mike in there, give him a little time as he joins us in the second. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, when you take a look at it, I I, I like where, where the poll is looking. A uh, little bit of a stub, uh, stub of toe from North Carolina A&T. Uh, they took a step back. Very interesting with UAPB. Uh, we know that they are a talented ball club. Uh, but uh, they, they, it looks like they have some internal issues. Uh, I think that played out uh, last night, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so we'll see what happens with the Golden Lions going forward. Uh, hopefully they can get things rectified over there. But very impressed by Grandma uh, this past weekend. Got an opportunity to look at them up close. And, uh, you know, although they don't have uh, a score per se, even in the top 15 uh, in scoring in the sweat, uh, they just play great team ball. Uh, very impressive uh, to see what they do on the offensive and defensive sides of the ball. And just out of curiosity, last night I'm looking, and I'm like, I see, you know, they're, you know, top four in terms of offense and swag, top four in terms of defense and the swag. But a very interesting stat with regards to Grambling. Uh, you know how we look at Jackson State, and really one of the secrets of the sauce with Jackson State is they rebound you to death. Well, Grambling is right there with Jackson State in terms of rebounding. Jackson State averaging 42.6 rebounds per game. Uh, Grambling right at 42.1 rebounds. I think a separation of maybe 13 rebounds or so. Uh, so it's very interesting to kind of watch this Grambling team. Are they the team uh, that has a puncher's chance to really uh, come after Jackson State, especially in the swag tournament? Good stuff, Charles, uh, breaking it down, and I agree with you on sides of that. Man, you're running with gas. You gave a really good report there. I told you, exactly. man, that chunk is getting, getting you ready, man. I, 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 I must admit, you're feeling comfortable in the chairs over there. <laughs> it's getting better. It's getting better. Yes, indeed. <laughs> with that being said, let's bring on our colleague here, Mike. Uh, he's doing all he can to make sure he joins us. I appreciate him putting in fifth gear and finding us a little time. With that being said, Mike, what do you think of the top five pole rankings week number seven? Yeah, so I have no issues with the uh, the ranking. I, I do think it was a little bit light. So we got to look at it. It's Jackson State and everybody else. You said Jackson State is rolling. They beat Bethune like Bethune took their lunch money. 
and that made Jackson State mad. And they beat him 52 39. They beat FAMU, like FAMU talked about their mama. They beat uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff, like they talked about their little brother. So it's Jackson State and everybody else. You can put an honorable mention for Grambling State, but it, at the end of the day, it's, it's Jackson State all the way. And if you look at statistics, and you know, you got to look at uh, who's leading the SWAC in scoring. It's UAPB 74.8. My, my colleague, Charles, the Mr. Magnificent, the wonderful Charles, the one who's occupying the big boy chair, uh, he, he provided some good statistics. But here's one margin of victory. Jackson State is still up. Their average margin of victory is 13.5. The next up is 10.2 by Gremlin State. And then somewhere down the middle, about half order of magnitude, is uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff and Bethune at 6.0. Then you got to throw in the other factors like rebounding and free throws. Jackson State is a complete team, as Jackson State and anybody else, and maybe Gremlin State on a good day. Good stuff. Good stuff. Charles, let me go to you and just ask you. Obviously, you have key matchups, and I say we'll get in more detail as time. But just quickly, uh, what are your thoughts in terms of the Saturday matchup between Gramlin and Southern? Gramlin comes in at sixteen and eight, Southern at th- eleven and three. In terms of the standings, uh, they sit respectively at uh, two and tied for a third, if you would. Gramlin is sitting at ten and three. Southern's at nine and four, one game back. Um, and so this is a big matchup in terms of seeding, uh, in terms of what that looks like. For Southern, I think it's especially big from the standpoint, you know, you can flip and move into that second, third slot versus four, which means your first matchup is four or five, which is always tough. Uh, but bigger than that, if you get in the semifinals, your thoughts are that you're probably playing the number one seed Jackson State versus maybe being able to see if you can get them in the final which is fascinating. So, Charles, what's your thoughts in terms of, nothing else, the importance of that matchup this Saturday against the rivals of Southern and Bramlin? I think that's, that's, that's a, this is going to be a great matchup. Uh, uh, you got an opportunity to really look at Southern up close this past weekend. And I, I think I turned over to you and I, and I said, you know, they, they still have that the makings of a, a great tournament team. Uh, when you take a look at their guard play especially and the fact that they were able to, rebound the ball like they did both at Prairie View and at Texas Southern. But Grambling going to Baton Rouge, a rivalry weekend, um, I think it's fascinating. I, I think I, I, I both teams are very similar looking to me. So it's it's a very difficult call. Uh, and I was talking with uh, Coach Burnett Ski, uh, uh, the thing that she kind of s- separated out uh, with regards to uh, Grambling and Southern is uh, she said, you know, Grambling's physicality. Uh, she knew her team was going to have an issue with regards to uh, the physicality and things of that nature, and that's going to bode well for them, especially as as we get into the SWAG tournament, uh, in that they can be physical. They, they have the ability to be physical with you. So I think that's something that bears in mind uh, uh, keeping an eye on going the rest of the way with regards to Bramlett's physicality, especially going down to Baton Rouge this weekend. Good stuff, and I agree with you fully. Let's take our next break. We'll come back on the other side. Uh, when you talk about the MEAC, it looks like Norfolk State has given themselves a little breathing room as they have a two-game lead. We'll see what that looks like uh, as they continue their march to a regular season championship. Uh, with that being said, let's take our first break. I mean, our second break. We'll come back on the other side and talk about the men's. 
top seven in the major division and see what these gentlemen think. We'll be right back after this second break. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is always Ultra Thin's reinvented with the always triple protection system. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay. As technology continues to bring changes to the world of education, it's time we also reimagine teacher professional development. Gone are the days of one-size-fits-all learning that can only be accessed at a specific time and place. The Stride PD Center is an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that allow educators to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide bite-sized learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. The best professional development plans are those that include a level of flexibility and choice for educators. Whether you're a teacher, school, or district, visit us today to take charge of your learning. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna lose, yeah, and who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yesler yes, and pay attention because he gonna teach a lesson. Yes. This is Dr. Bill with Inside the HBC Sports Lab. I was going to say Mike Washington, but it looks like he had to drop back off. He said he did have some Wi-Fi issues, so we'll see if we can get him back maybe for the last second, and uh, we'll move on from there. With that being said, Charles, let's get into this major division on the men's side and give you an update of what it looks like here. Dropping out, not the case. We still have the top five teams as they've kind of settled in. We have some teams that have a puncher's chance on the outside wanting to get in. And I was looking to see maybe Texas Southern would find a way to break into it. They had a close game loss against Grambling. But they got the big win over uh, number one seed Southern in terms of that. But it wasn't enough to jump them in the top five. But you see they have closed the gap. So it'll be fascinating Mm. to see what that looks like moving forward. Quietly, Jackson State Tigers have righted the ship. Got a little bit in that game, and it looked a little emotional as they jumped out there. Big lead, Bethune Cookman fought back. He was kind of saying, Hey, maybe Jackson State hasn't got right yet. But then they said, Nope, not so fast. We're okay. Settled things down and got the W over a game, uh, Bethune Cookman team. So a big solid win. They've won a couple of games straight now. So they're playing much better basketball, sitting at 12 and 14, 8 and 5. And we'll see as they close out things. This certainly is the time that you want to be playing some of your best basketball. So it's interesting to see what that looks like. Getting into the top five, 
North Carolina Central Eagles sit at 13-11, 5-4. They had two tough losses this past weekend mm -hmm. uh, in terms of what took place. Crazy matchup Saturday. Uh, they lost uh, against Howard, 90-82. And then on Monday, they had the real big matchup against Norfolk State. They went down to the end. Uh, Norfolk State got it done 80-74, but that's a game that went back and forth. In fact, the Eagles led early in that matchup, uh, but they were on the road, and it seemed like a little bit of that home field advantage paid off for the Spartans that were able to split the series now. We have to look at the point differential to see if that comes into play uh, in seedings later down the road. And number four, Tennessee State Tigers were playing some good basketball, uh, and they take two big L's. One of them you may have felt a little bit of something about, but the other one you really didn't see coming. Uh, but uh, they're going in the wrong direction as they do fall, and they fall two spots, much like North Carolina that also uh, fell two spots. The Tigers are now at 15 and 12, 8 and 6 in conference play. A uh, group of teams in the OVC are in that mix in terms of what that looks like. So they're still in uh, the mix going on there, but uh, I'm not sure if uh, first place is anything they can look at. Uh, they're tied with – Eversville, SIU, Eversville Cougars, uh, but they're four, three games back of the first place Morehead State Eagles. And just when you thought Eagles were going to get in, they took a couple of losses, two straight losses, Morehead State. So you're talking about Tennessee State really not taking advantage of a huge opportunity. Yeah. Past weekend, I wanted to make sure I got that in. At number three, Southern Jaguars, remember they were sitting at number one. So they fall two spots. We will have a new number one team this year, this week. We'll see what that looks like. Southern Jaguars, they got the big win on the road at Prairie View, a tough, gritty game, a couple of technical fouls, but they got on the road, got out of it, got it done. And then they played Texas Southern and controlled that game uh, just all the way through. Got maybe a little close at the end, but didn't seem like you felt concerned about Texas Southern. They certainly closed things out and got it done. So Texas Southern – Seems like they're getting ready for March, as they do many times. They got a big win over Southern and dropped Southern two spots, previous rank number one. Southern is falls to 16 and 10, 10 and 3 in the race, but they're still at the top of the standings. Uh, they're only a game back of uh, Grambling in terms of what that looks like. Actually, they're tied, I should say, both at 10 and 3, which creates a big matchup this weekend. I saw a couple of uh, – uh, Lab listeners pointing this out, and much like earlier, the place would be was in Grambling for this matchup because both teams were in the hunt. Well, guess what? Now it seems like it's even more important because uh, both on the men's and women's side, seedings two and four on the men's side, they're both tied at number one. Grambling won the game earlier, so um, this is a big one. Grambling, if they win this, they really put a dip in Southern because they would have the head-to-head -head matchup meaning they would take two. You don't worry about that. Southern gets it done. You can get into a little tiebreaker for the number mm. one seeds. But this is going to go a long way to see who holds on to the number one spot. But not to be too quick, Jackson State, Texas Southern, and oh, by the way, also a former champion of two, three years ago, they won two straight, uh, as well as Grambling getting done last year. Alcorn State Braves said, hey, don't forget about the Braves. Won four straight. <laughs> Jackson yeah. State has won four straight, yeah. uh, but all three of these teams are just two teams back 
uh, two games back. So that's fascinating. Bringing us to number one, which is Norfolk State. Uh, they had some huge wins this weekend that squarely puts them in control, if you would, with a two-game lead in the MEAC uh, with just a few games to go. Um, so this was a huge statement. They got it done at home. Uh, first, it was Saturday, and they get the win over South Carolina State. That was in overtime, 71-7. Got to see the highlights of that game and watched it. The highlights showed as I turned around and, and got on the road and got the preview to check out those games. Uh, South Carolina State hit what looked like a winner pretty much right at the buzzer, but it was waved off, instantly called now, in terms of an offensive foul. Defensive guy was backpedaling. The guy thought he was setting a screen. He was not moving, but the guy clearly couldn't see him because he was backpedaling. Ran right into him, and they called a foul, personal foul. Waved off the shot. Ouch. Into the line. Norfolk State hits his free throw, um, and that's where you get the four-point. That was a two-point game. He yeah. hits a three and would have went up one. Um, so that's one that's going to be fascinating. Credit to Spartans because at the end of the day, all they look in the record book, and it says W. It and only they got says W. And they made it uh, the one that they really needed against North Carolina Central. They made that one pretty clear. Came from behind, got it done, eighty to seventy-four. So Jones does what he does and has his sports ready to win championships, and he's squarely putting himself in a position for the number one regular season seed and championship. But I'll tell you this about that tournament: uh, I don't know if anybody's going to do the double double in the VAC or the SWAC this year. Oh yeah, um, particularly on the men's side. Maybe yeah. a little different on the women's side. Men's side, I'm not too sure about it. But the new number one ranked team this week is Norfolk State as they climb back to the top after Southern relinquishes. Tennessee State has been there. Central's been number one. But now it's back to the Spartans. They are number one in week number seven. Charles, tell me what you think about the poll ranking. A lot going on this week. Yeah, kudos to the Spartans. I mean, they got it done. South Carolina State. Uh, big win on Saturday, then the one that everybody had their eyes on last night, North Carolina Central. Uh, they get it done. Uh, caught the stat line, uh, especially Jamar Thomas getting to the free throw line 19 times. He's 16 of 19 uh, from the free throw line. Uh, Norfolk State <laughs> had to look at that and look at it twice like, wow, out of his 28 points, 16 of it came from the free throw line. So uh, kudos to Norfolk State for going 2-0 this weekend. As you mentioned, uh, the teams that were in front of Norfolk State, they Fell by the wayside a little bit, if you will. Uh, big question this weekend going into that game uh, with Southern and Grambling. Do we see Tyrion Joseph? Uh, he is a swag leading scorer, 20.9 uh, points per game, but he's been missing in action the past couple of games, uh, past few games, actually, uh, in terms of uh, uh, checking the uh, the box scores and things of that nature. Uh, Grambling, uh, you mentioned earlier, I think you said Grambling's men and women, they went 4-0 this weekend? Yes. Wow. Grambling got, Grambling got the sweep. They go 4 0. The women got the sweep, both Grambling and Southern. They go 4 0. Uh, but yeah, Grambling comes in here. Uh, they get the victory over Texas Southern on Saturday, both men yeah, and women. Big win. Big they win. go down to Prairie View. Close game, but they get the W. They win both of those matchups. So yeah, they head back to Louisiana with the sheriff of the top spot. Because of the loss to, by Southern to Texas Southern, 
four and one. So yeah, it's big time, big time. Shout out so to Len- Lennon as he talks about uh, the Spartans owning the Miac. Yeah, I must say, it's so shout out that they they got the Miac <laughs> over there. So Gremlin, uh, if I understand it correctly, they they got some barbecue and some Frenchies and headed on back to Gremlin this way uh, with the big four and weekend. That's impressive. I don't know when the last time this happened. Uh, where you had yeah, did, a team. Did you, did you have to talk about them picking up the blue down French chicken <laughs> and, and picked with the, Texas brisket? Barbecue, barbecue and, and Frenchies. And I know what I'm saying. Hey, yeah. well done. It. Took, it, took it all back on smiling. Imp- impressive. I'm going to have to get with the Gremlin. Me and his coach, <laughs> you know, he he, he been smiling too, a little too much too easy. One thing that I'm fascinated with Gremlin and, you know, obviously you always root for your team. You know, your alma mater. In our case, we have two of them that we can find a way to win, which is always nice because you get double luck. But there's a small part of me that actually root for Grandma. Mm-hmm. They haven't been to the tournament. Mm-hmm. And they lately, they've had some really good teams. Um, so if they can find a way to get the regular season championship, I'd give them much credit. But really, it'd be special. Obviously, I'd love to see Prairie View, Texas Southern, even Jackson State for you yourself win the tournament. But there's a small part of me that would kind of have a glean and be like, that's cool. Grandma State finally got the ticket to the NCAA tournament they've never been able to do. And this they is a program right that they have won a NIA national championship. Yeah, yeah. Proud basketball tradition. And they've been right there in the mix in terms of being in some – uh, SWAC championship game, but I tell you what, and I think I turned to you last night and I said this last night that Texas Southern team that so I see Charles kind of knocked up, it must be a going thing there. So as he comes back in, what were you saying you were wanting to say about the Texas Southern team? No, I'm saying that Texas Southern team that we saw last night that's the Texas Southern team that I would be a little scared about because when. P.J. Henry gets to coming downhill, oh, yeah. and then he starts knocking down jumpers. They become a different team because he can get in the lane and cause all sorts of havoc, and those wings out there waiting to catch and shoot, and that's the Texas Southern team that you end up seeing in the sweat term. Like any good basketball team and good players, when they get those wide-open threes, they hit at a much higher clip uh, mm-hmm. than when shots are not going in uh, for B.J. Uh, and to PJ, I said, in terms of what he's able to do, he opens it up. Then he gets his big men involved, and they play much better. And then what they're able to do on the defensive side when they uh, are able to get it offensively, they turn it up defensively as yeah, well. Yeah, very A lot of teams they play from team. a defensive perspective, and then offense comes with that. But they seem different. They seem when they play offensively in a certain uh, style, it seems to help them defensively. Check this out, Charles, though, in the MEAC. You have five teams tied at five and four, two games back. Log jam. You know how deep the log jam is in the MEAC. Morgan State Bears at five and four. South Carolina State Bulldogs at five and four. North Carolina Central at five and four. Howard at five and four. Delaware State at five and four. So um, it'll be interesting to see who's able to kind of break out this log jam. Uh, This weekend, we'll get into some of those key matchups, but I'm Fascinating to see what that looks like. Uh, can Norfolk State continue to find a way wins? Can they stretch it out and kind of lock in uh, that regular season championship number one seed? I'd say be careful, not so fast. So while they sit at comfortably 
at seven and two, they've had some really close games. Yeah, exactly. So, I, and I think I think that's the fun thing about uh, watching basketball this uh, this past season is there is real parity. I mean, you got teams that kind of separate for a little second or two, but you saw, like you mentioned, the five and four, the log jams over in the MIAC. Same thing over in the swag. You got Southern and Gramlin sitting up there, 10 and three, but one, two, three. Jackson State, Texas Southern, Alcorn, eight and five. Bethune Cookman and Alabama State right there at seven and six, and Alabama AM at seven and six. And nobody's a pushover. Nobody's a pushover. Teams can't go on the road and get uh, victories. And I think that's one of the things that we've seen this past season. Obviously, we paid a lot of love to Grambling and Southern in terms of that rivalry game. But we got another one in Mississippi that is pretty important this way. Uh, uh, women's side, Jackson State, you probably think they're going to find a way to get it done. Alcorn Braves, they're going to give them a lot of their money. It isn't. Alcorn, so strange things happen down there <laughs> uh, for men's and women's. But on the men's side, to me, it really get interesting with both teams coming in with four-game win streaks. Yeah. Obviously, it means both teams are playing really well. They sit at eight and five, two games back. So the victory in this game gets the law the fifth win in yeah. a row. They get a little extra time the week to prepare as they uh, get things the following week. Uh, but it's going to put them, you know, one game behind whoever loses Gremlin and Jaguars in terms of that. Um, so that's going to be fascinating when you think of what that looks like. So. Um, they're going to be tied with the loser of that game uh, uh, in terms of what they get it. So, excuse me, they'll be one game back of that, two games back still of whoever wins that matchup. But it's an important game, put it that way. And the reservation will be rocking this weekend. Both teams coming in with four-game win streaks, uh, like you mentioned. Uh, uh, who gets the leverage going forward? Uh, uh, it's been impressive because Jackson State was, uh, I think, you know, they were in a lull, if you will, for about – uh, three or four games, and for them to kind of turn things around during this stretch, uh, that's pretty impressive. And like you, and, and you know, same thing in regards to Alcorn. They were kind of up and down, but they seem to have gained their footing. So you got two teams on the upswing coming into this game. Good stuff. Let's get into our last segment. We'll take our last break and come back on the other side. Give you some final thoughts. See if Charles wants to ask the question of the day. We'll see what that looks like. Oh, we we'll get back in some nitty gritty and talk a little more about some of these key matchups. Uh, Stick will be right back after this break. We're back. It's time for the 2024 Urban Nerd Con. Join us in Atlanta, Georgia, April 26th through the 28th at the Cortland Grand Hotel. Special guests include Underworld creator Kevin Grievous, Gary Gray from Fairly Odd Parents, from Nickelodeon, Giovanni Samuels, the science machine Michael Green, the Sci-Fi Sisters, and from Spaceballs and Star Trek Voyager, Tim Russ. Hi, I'm Tim Russ. Join me April 26th through the 28th at the Cortland Grand Hotel in Atlanta, Georgia for the Urban Nerd Con. Our heroes, our villains, our stories, everyone con. I'll see you there. Live long and prosper. Visit TheUrbanNerdCon.net to get your buy one, get one free badges before the price increases. Remember, our heroes, our villains, our stories, everyone's con. See? Itchy. Squirmy. Scratchy. Family not getting clean? Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get them! It just cleans better. With a diamond weave texture... 
your family can use less while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, clean bottom. <laughs> <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? At Hampton Law, our primary goal is to provide non-traditional yet effective solutions and redefine the approach to client legal concerns. As your trusted legal advisor, we believe in sophisticated, personalized services that eliminate the confusion and complexity sometimes associated with legal matters. Our high standard for client care and concern, coupled with our extensive legal knowledge and skills, make Hampton Law a resource focused on the protection of the client's interest and overall goals. We value our clients and truly enjoy working with them. Visit thamptonlaw.com to conveniently schedule an appointment online. Tamika Hampton Esquire. 1631 Rock Springs Road, Suite 336, Apopka, Florida, 407-494-1471. thamptonlaw.com. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to allow that. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Mike was able to get in here for a slight segment to talk about the women's basketball poll rankings, but uh, the internet is not his friend today. With that being said, you know, the last segment, sometimes we like to talk a little more about the business side of things, give Charles a chance to ask some particular questions. Let me see what direction he wants to go today. Can he stump uh, the dean? Sure. Well, I, I think one of the things that uh, created a little bit of scuttlebutt this past week is uh, you had the uh, settlement uh, in regards to the Southern Heritage Classic. Uh, Jackson State agreed to uh, pay Summit Management Corporation, uh, which is the entity uh, that controls the Southern Heritage Classic, $800,000 to settle a lawsuit that stemmed uh, from Jackson State pulling out of the final two years of the Southern Heritage Classic. So I will say as I fielded a lot of text and a lot of finger pointing and a lot of grief and this, that, and the other in regards to the settlement. I said, let me wait until Tuesday. Let's ask Dr. Cavill, you know, is this as hefty a price as some might think? It's really a good, and I want to kind of hedge it this way. Anytime that you have to write a check for $800,000 for an institution, um, that's not something that you just want to do. But I think if you go inside the numbers a little deeper, it may not seem as dramatic as some would think or how much $800,000 when that's not necessarily what people have in their savings accounts until maybe they retire. Uh, And some people have millions of dollars. So they'll look at $800,000, kind of laugh at you as well. But instead of receiving three fifty. dollars they pay out essentially 400 a year. Remember, this is over two years, so one of the first things you do. So let's break it down in terms of $400,000. So automatically, when you think somebody's going to write a check to you for three fifty, dollars uh, versus you writing a check for them for four hundred, I can see why some people are a little concerned. But I think one of the things that you want to think about in this is when you take a little deeper look at that, while you were getting a $350, 350k, I should say. Um, the question is, is how much did that go towards expenses? So how much were you really making uh, in terms of that? 
And obviously that was what a little of the discussion was coming into that with Coach Prime. Really, when you think about it, Coach Prime kind of put it in public and lit the match. A lot of people got lost in that part of it. But uh, really the decision is made from the president, legal counsel, general counsel is what you call them, and the athletic director, VP of athletics, goes a long ways in these decisions. But one of the things that I didn't hear people talk about in this fact is the fact that while people focus on the SWAT uh, classic uh, that was uh, part of this lawsuit, frankly, and what many people uh, were suggesting that Southern and Jackson State were going to participate in it, um, that never was finalized. Uh, but people forget while that didn't happen, Jackson State still had another home game. Hmm. What was the average cost of a home game, particularly during the time, I shouldn't say cost revenue, that Jackson State was taking in for a home game uh, during the time of Coach Prime? What did you believe those prices were, Charles? Just uh, could you re or restate the question? In terms of what Jackson State was averaging for a home game uh, during the time of Coach Prime? Uh, 42, uh, I believe in 2021, it was – uh, 40,000 or something to that effect in 2022, 42,000. Right. And so that's what, over a million dollars revenue, at least three, 300, three quarters of a million dollars. I would say close to a million dollars, maybe a little more than that. Mm -hmm. So if you look at it like that, that's two years where you have a million dollars just simplifying it at home uh, versus you only getting 400,000. So even if you augment that and you pay out four hundred thousand, let's say you're making a million, um, you still came out just overall in the net positive. Mm -hmm. Not the kind of money you would want. Obviously, you'd want to be able to clear and have the money, not have to pay anything. But I'm not sure if many people really thought about the fact that you did have another home game that generated some money um, that allowed you um, to write the check <laughs> that you ultimately had to do. Now, if you the promoter, uh, you really are treating some of your good friends to some nice steak dinners. Shout out to Rick out there in regards to the fact that you made you an extra $400,000 over two years, and you still end up having the Southern Heritage Classic. Now, obviously, your attendance was down a little bit, uh, but I'm sure you still had a net uh, profit in terms of that matchup, and then you get a chance for a uh, windfall of money. So for the promoter in a lot of places, he certainly is feeling good. But I just wanted to provide some more thought process in terms of looking at the entire picture of the revenue uh, that was involved. Um, obviously, again, I'll make it clear, I'm not saying that you should be happy anytime that you lose a settlement and have to write a check. Uh, but it may not be as deep a hole as one would think when you take a couple of other figures into it. Does it muddy the water? Uh, for not just Jackson State, but does it muddy the water for other potential HBCU uh, schools to look at doing business with Southern Heritage Classic? Uh, I think that really depends on each institution, which is a really important question. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, the promoter even made it clear uh, that Jackson State didn't seem like it had any interest in coming back. That's one you don't have to really worry about. You did see the fact that Pine Bluff saw that it was worth uh, the value to them. 
it makes a lot of sense in terms of regionality of that game. Mm-hmm. One thing that I'd be intrigued about is how much the promoter uh, believes the value of the institutions are. So, for example, you know, a lot of people were talking about maybe Southern would get in the classic. I certainly could see Southern, you know, entertaining it, but would be 400K or even 450 be the value to have? You know, you see a lot more institutions, particularly with, you know, significant home attendance uh, opportunities at the gates, namely Southern when they're doing relatively well. Uh, particularly you saw the excitement when the Dooley first came in, maybe not as much last year. Uh, FAMU now in terms what they've done a couple of years ago, maybe a little change over with a different coach. But after coming off a championship, you ought to believe they're going to do well with their season tickets and what they average at a home game. Jackson State, obviously. So to get them to give up a home gate, um, I think it's going to cost you more. So I'm not sure if it's just the fact that it becomes challenging. I don't know if the value is there uh, when people look a little closer of what they want to be paid to play in the Classic. Well, well, how do you, I guess, answer the naysayers? Well, I don't think they generated that much money uh, in the two home games that they uh, got in terms of not going to the Southern Heritage Classic and, and things of that nature. I mean, uh, that's a natural, almost swack reply to, you know, did it not hurt as much as you thought it hurt? Uh, well, I, to be honest with you, I don't pay attention to people that are not serious uh, about, you know, doing their homework. I mean, it's not hard to calculate how much revenue. I mean, you play, it's been out there on the records. They paid little or no financing for the facility. Obviously, you have your operation costs that goes into it, but ticket sales at a certain cost lets you know at least how much revenue is coming in. So that's not really hard to see. That doesn't include parking, who gets parking, those kind of questions. Uh, but we know, generally speaking, home games tend to be more beneficial uh, than road or classic games just in the general practice uh, because not only do you have the ability to generate the revenue from your home gate, but you also have what you look at in the economic sense of the partnership that you do to your community and to those uh, businesses that support you. Now, you can have a further question about are those businesses really supporting you? That's one of the questions you got to figure out. How do you make sure that's taking place? Uh, but in a lot of ways, uh, with sponsorships, you see that out there. It gives you another chance to give the value to your sponsors that you already have. It gives you a way to um, have a multiplier effect of new businesses that you may bring in. So, yeah, I think for those that have that question, if they're serious about them, you just tell them to go do the math and the calculations. So some folks, you can tell automatically that they're not serious that they're in it to kind of chastise um, another group or another institution. And it's fine. And we got, you know, trash talk. It is what it is. Uh, but in serious conversations, I don't intermingle trash talk with those that are serious about looking at the numbers and just getting a full picture. Again, not saying that uh, it didn't hurt, not saying that that's not something that you want to do regular. But I did want to give a perspective of looking at the total picture, not just, you know, the news headlines that talks a little bit about the fact that you lost a settlement, which is fact. Uh, Mm -hmm. But what does it mean when you look at the total picture of what displacement of the money associated with that time, which brings it a little more uh, clear in the picture in terms of what the total cash outlay 
looked like for that year or the last two years uh, in terms of augmenting that cash over a two-year period. Understood. With that being said, let's bring it to the close. Uh, see if people are interested in a little bit of the business side of sports. When we talk about it, those are the questions that we have. When we look in the classroom, when we ask our students to do the case studies. And it's mm. fascinating, Charles, as we get in those conversations with students. And um, they start to ask those questions. They and bring it to your attention and say, well, what about this, Dr. Cavill? Now, or uh, Professor Bishop, and that's in a lot of ways when you really get excited because you understand that they're starting to look at the total finance, total economic, which uh, the brand association, which is really the big picture in regards to that, which is different than what you do in terms of journalism or uh, creative uh, talk, which is important as well because it certainly is entertaining and it gives you a different perspective, but uh, there's a difference between the two what that looks like. Thank you for listening to Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Nyata Kavil, the Dean of HBCU Sports, coming from Inside the Lab in the College of HBCU Sports with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. I hope you enjoyed the show. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Bill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, every Tuesday and Thursday, 6 o'clock. We'll be back on Thursday. Talk a little bit about the mid-major. We'll see if we can get some real good basketball talk in here as we start to get in the tournament time for the mid-majors. We told you about Langston locking up uh, Sooner Athletic Conference as they bid to get another tournament championship and make a run, deep run in the NIA championship. We'll see what that looks like. Uh, we need to keep our eyes on some of these other NIA programs, uh, uh, Tougaloo, Talladega, some changes in terms of what that looks like in the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference. Teams are getting hot and heavy. Also on the women's side, Langston women's continue to play some good basketball. Mm -hmm. uh, Xavier uh, in the Red River Athletic Conference. We'll take a deeper dive of what that looks like. Uh, and things are really fascinating in the SIEC. Uh, we have four teams, you know, that are playing really good basketball that can make an argument uh, that they have a chance to cut out nuts. So I'm really fascinating to see, you know, what does it look like in those regional rankings? One of the things people always – I have a concern with the SIC in regards to what they do in non-conference play. It's not just in terms of the winning of games. They don't play a lot of those games. So mm -hmm. people are fascinating what that looks like. Will that hurt them? Although you have a Benedict team that sits third in the division, it's still a top 25 team, or at least was last week. So gives you some kudos of what that looks like. Uh, we look forward to Thursday to talk some of the latest in the lab. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on X, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, Facebook and YouTube is Inside the HBC Sports Lab right here where you're watching. Dream Big, continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. Roy? Lecture? <laughs> Roy? His, his his mic is off. He just put that lecture. <laughs> Dismiss. I saw the face. So I just knew he wanted to say it. He wanted to Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man. 
I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, keep tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab. Yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Talkin they compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna 